What is up, everybody? It is JT Sports. I'm back to you guys with another episode of the JT Sports Podcast. And on this episode, I am going to be continuing my college football week zero preview and predictions. I'm going to be talking about Louisiana taking on Texas, LSU and UCLA, and Notre Dame taking on FSU. Now, if you are a new listener of the podcast, make sure that you go ahead and leave a five-star review. Make sure that you follow me on my social media pages, my Instagram and Twitter is both. JT Sports underscore. Once again, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at JT Sports underscore. And lastly, if you haven't already, make sure that you are subscribed to my YouTube channel, JT Sports on YouTube. Now, Louisiana and Texas is a game that I am really excited to watch. I've been waiting for this game for the whole entire summer and the college football offseason because this is a really intriguing game. Okay, when you look at Texas, They're going to be led by their new head coach, Steve Sarkeesian, who was formerly the officer coordinator for Alabama, and he is going to be trotting out freshman quarterback Hudson Carr to be his starter in this game. Now, this is a really intriguing storyline to watch because I was reading a couple of reports earlier, and there's also some reports coming out there that we could see Casey Thompson also get a little bit of playing time in this game, so... With Casey Thompson, the rumors that maybe he could get some playing time in this game, what that tells me is that maybe Steve Sarkeesian may not be completely sold on Hudson Card as his quarterback. If you were to ask Steve Sarkeesian how confident he is in in Hudson Card, he'll probably tell you a five out of five, okay? But if we're being honest in his head, I think that his confidence in Hudson Carr from one through five is probably a three. Now, if Hudson Carr comes out there and does great, okay, no no issue. But if he comes out there and let's say he struggles for the first half of this game, which he very well could because this is a really good and experienced Louisiana team, then at halftime, maybe we could see a change at QB and we could see Casey Thompson come in for the remainder of the game. So it's really intriguing to watch how Hudson Carr performs in this game. Now, when you look at Louisiana, this just isn't your run of the mill, you know, knockover season opener. This isn't a game that is going to be an easy game. As a matter of fact, there is a good chance that Texas could lose this game because normally when you open your season against a G5 program and you're a school like Texas, normally this is a game that should be pretty easy. You should be a multiple touchdown favorite. This isn't the case. Texas is only an eight-point favorite to win this game, and understandably so because Louisiana has a lot of experience. They have pretty much the whole entire team back besides the running back position, which is the only position we don't really know how that's going to turn out but outside of that this team has a lot of experience the offensive line returns pretty much the whole entire starters from last year you got Levi Lewis at QB you have a really experienced group on the defense side of football really good secondary or good ball hawking secondary so this is a really good Louisiana team so my thing is going to be when it comes to Louisiana is Texas going to be able to get pressure on Louisiana quarterback Levi Lewis. Now, Levi Lewis 
isn't, you know, a uh, elite quarterback, anything like that. But I think he's a pretty solid starter. He's pretty good with his legs. He's a pretty good decision maker. And when you look at this offensive line, Louisiana had one of the best pass blocking offensive lines in all of college football. They were six in college football last year and sacks per game allowed. Levi Lewis was one of the least sack QBs in the nation. And when you look at Texas, they were one of the worst teams in college football last year when it came to getting pressure on the quarterback. And Louisiana returns all five of their starting um, offensive linemen from last year. So I'm really concerned about the pass rush from Texas. I don't really think it's going to improve all that much. So when you look at the receiving core that Louisiana has, once again, there's a lot of depth. There's a lot of experience there. And Texas secondary isn't really a strong suit. I think probably the strongest part of that Texas defense is going to be a linebacker. So there's definitely some matchups that Louisiana can exploit when it comes to Texas defense. Now, on the other hand, when you look at Louisiana, something that somebody brought up to me is like, okay, JT, what about the hurricane that's currently about to hit Louisiana right now? How's that going to affect Louisiana's preparation for that game? And that is a very good point. The hurricane could probably affect how Louisiana comes out in this game, but I don't think it's going to be too big of a factor because Billy Napier is a really good coach and normally good coaches have their teams ready to play play come game day regardless of the circumstances when it comes to practicing and things like that but prayers up to the state of Louisiana um you know keep them in your prayers because they have a devastating hurricane that's beating down on that state right now but I do think that Louisiana still should come out in pretty good shape despite that okay but when you look at Texas Texas is a team that I have a little bit more concern when it comes to how prepared are they going to be in this game because Louisiana pretty much has their whole entire team coming back outside of running back so you have players who pretty much know the system inside and out meanwhile Texas you have a new head coach and you're still learning a new system and whatnot. So for Texas, how prepared are they going to be in this game? Because this is not a Louisiana team who you're just going to be able to come in and just sleepwalk against because you come in this game and if you're Texas and you sleepwalk against ULL, you're going to end up walking out with the L. You see what I did there? So for Texas, I'm really concerned about their secondary in this game. I don't really have a lot of confidence in it. Don't really have a lot of confidence in their defensive line. When you go in against a team like Louisiana that's really good on the offensive line, they're pretty much going to be able to do whatever they want to. They can pretty much dictate the outcome of the game if Texas can't be able to get something going when it comes to getting pressure on Levi Lewis. On top of that, you also have to be able to account for Levi Lewis' ability to score outside the pocket and pick up added yardage with his legs as well. Now, one big weakness that Louisiana has on the defense side of the football that I think that Texas can definitely exploit is going to be the run defense. The Louisiana run defense was not that great last year. They allowed 884.7 rushing yards per game, which was 85th, the worst in college football last year. And Texas returns four out of five starters on their offensive line, and they're still doing a little bit of when it comes to the old line, but their off the line should be pretty solid this year. And Texas has a really good running back as well. So for me, Brian Robinson is going to be huge for Texas in this game because I don't think that. 
Texas is going to come out throwing the football downfield right away with Hudson Carter. I think they're probably going to want to try to ease him into the game, probably run the football, try to see if they can get, you know, the play action game going and see if they can get a big shot downfield to kind of get things rolling. But I do think that Brian Robinson is going to be huge in this game for Texas. And if he gets going early, then I think that that votes well for how the game could go for Texas. Because if you're able to keep Louisiana's defense on the field and you're able to tire them out, I definitely think that this is going to vote well for Texas. And on top of that, Louisiana is a defense that is more predicated on turnovers than when it comes to getting actual stops. So if you're Texas, it's very important that you're able to take care of the football because this is a very optimistic defense. And when this defense is enforcing turnovers, then I definitely feel like this defense for Louisiana definitely has their struggles. So if Texas can take care of the football, I think they should be in pretty good shape offensively. And with Steve Sharkeesian being an offensive-minded coach, I'm not really too concerned about how the offense is going to look per se, but I do have my concerns at wide receiver. So according to a couple of websites I've been reading about Texas and when it comes to receiving core, the wide receivers have struggled so far during camp. According to reports, they've been dropping a lot of passes. There hasn't really been a lot of consistency there. Now we know that the talent is there. The consistency, the consistency just hasn't really been there per se as of right now. So hopefully they can get those issues solved come this Saturday because this is a very good secondary that they're going to be facing and this is a very ball hawking group that is very aggressive when it comes to how they play coverage so for Texas man like this game is not going to be your run of the mill easy G5 opponent like this is a legitimate team that can end up being in a New Year's Six Bowl game with a lot of experience a lot of veterans on that team Billy Napier is going to have this team ready to play my question is is Texas and Steve Sarkis Keys are going to have this Texas team ready to play because penalties and turnovers kind of affected Texas last year. Louisiana doesn't really have, Louisiana is more of a team that you know is a efficient. They have some big plays here and there, but they're more of a methodical offense. They like to control the time possession. They like to run the ball in between the tackles. Now, the running backs they have, they had some really big, bruising running backs on that team last year. This year, now, they kind of have some more smaller, shiftier backs, so maybe their approach offensively kind of changes. But when you look at Texas, a lot of people are taking Texas to win this game. I understand why, but my prediction I'm going to roll with Louisiana to pull off the upset against Texas, and I know that's going to shock a lot of people, but here's why I think Louisiana is going to win. First of all, I don't know if the defensive line for Texas is going to show up this game. I don't really have a lot of confidence in it. Louisiana has one of the best offensive lines in all of college football. So when you look at how good their offensive line is compared to, you know, how we don't really know how the defensive line for Texas is going to look, that's a check mark because football always comes down to what you're able to do inside of the trenches. And Louisiana looks like they definitely have the matchup made in that department. Okay, the next thing is going to be, I don't really know 
what Texas is going to look like. For all we know, Texas could have some struggles. They could come out flat because they're still learning a new system, and there has been some inconsistencies here and there. I think with Louisiana being a more veteran team led by a very good head coach in Billy Napier, I think this team is going to be better prepared in this matchup than Texas, despite everything that's going on with the hurricane down there in Louisiana. So I'm taking Louisiana to pull off the upset in this game. I think this game should be pretty high score. I'm going to take Louisiana to win. 38 to 35 is going to be my final score prediction in this game. I think there's going to be a lot of offense in this game, but I think that Louisiana is going to be able to sneak it out and pull off the upset. So you guys let me know who you guys have winning this game down in the comment section down below. I'm pretty sure a lot of you Longhorn fans are going to be really pissed off that I'm taking Louisiana, but I really think the Raging Cajuns have something this year. And I think that this week one, what this week zero matchup, I think is going to vote in the favor of of ULL, the University of Louisiana. The next game that we have to talk about, we have LSU taking on UCLA. LSU is a three and a half point favorite. This game is going to be played 8.30 p.m. Eastern time on Fox UCLA played last week against Hawaii. They won 44 to 10. Now, this is supposed to be week zero of the college football season, and then next week is week one. So, I got a question. Somebody answered this down in the comment section if you're watching this on YouTube. If this is week zero, what was last week? Was that week negative one or... What was it? Because, I mean, like, if this is week zero and UCLA and a couple of other teams played last week, what was last week of college football? Week negative one or does that count for week zero also? I don't really know. Doesn't really have anything to do. I'm, I just had a question there about that. But when you look at UCLA, okay, obviously everybody and the majority of people out there are going to be picking LSU to win this game. So what does UCLA have to do to pull off the upset? Because it's easy to come on here and say that, okay, Everybody's going to pick LSU to win, but okay, what does what is the keys to a UCLA all upset? Well, the first thing that needs to happen for UCLA to pull off this upset against LSU is first of all, Dorian Thompson Robinson DTR has the ball out. Okay, he's been in Chip Kelly's system for over the last couple of years. He should be a veteran. Okay, how much has he improved as a passer? Don't really know because last week I. I wasn't really all that sold on his performance against Hawaii. As a matter of fact, UCLA pretty much won that game against Hawaii, just running the football down Hawaii's throats with the running back duo of Zach Charbonnet and Britton Brown. Now, Zach Charbonnet had a monster game last week against Hawaii, six carries for 106 rushing yards and three touchdowns. And you had Britton Brown, who had 13 carries for 78 rushing yards and a touchdown. When you look at LSU, they had a big problem last year when it came to their run defense. And UCLA, so far this year, looks like they're a really good running football team. But when you look at Dorian Thompson Robinson, okay, you have the ability to run with your legs. Chip Kelly can probably use a lot of RPOs and read options. But at the end of the day, I think what's going to come down to deciding this game is going to be if Dorian Thompson Thompson Robinson is a better passer than what he has been in the past because this is a very good LSU secondary. At least when you look at corner, you probably have the best cornerback duo in all of college football. Derek Stanley may be the best college football player in America, and Eli Ricks isn't too far off from that title as well. So you have pretty much a lockdown tandem at cornerback. So I think for Dorian Thompson Robinson, he's going to have to make some things shake. He's going to be a he's 
he's going to have to be able to get outside the pocket, extend plays, help his wide receivers get a little bit more time to get open. And then when things fall apart, he's going to have to be able to take it down, take that ball down, and end up picking up some big yards. Like Dorian Thompson Robinson has to play like a superstar in this game. He has to play like his his football career depends on it because this is going to be a game that right now I think probably votes well in LSU's favor if UCLA cannot get the run game going because if you're LSU you want to shut down that run game early for UCLA and you want to force them to beat you throwing the football which I think is the strength of LSU so if you're UCLA and you can't have success running the football then you're going to play right into the strength of LSU's defense which is their pass rush and how good their cornerbacks are so if you're UCLA it's really imperative that you're able to get the run game going you have a nice dual running back but you also have to utilize the legs of Dorian Thompson Robinson rather that be read options design quarterback runs Dorian Thompson Robinson is going to have to have a big day on the ground he's going to have to have a big day overall now I don't really know if this passing attack for UCLA is going to be capable of getting the job done against LSU, okay? And I'm not really concerned about the off the line. I know they do have some talent at wide receiver, but is the talent that UCLA has at wide receiver good enough to get the job done against Derek Stingley and Eli Ricks? I mean, this is the best cornerback duel in America. Derek Stingley is arguably the best player in college football, and Eli Ricks is like a top 10 college football player right now. So that's a really difficult task that the wide receivers for UCLA are going to be having to be matched up against these two outstanding corners. But the back end, at least when it comes to safety for LSU, is a slight concern. So if somehow UCLA is able to have some wide receivers slip past those corners and get into the back end of that secondary, then you could have some big plays if you are UCLA. So I think it's going to be really big that the run game gets going early. Now for LSU, okay, how improved is LSU's offensive line going to look? Because 2019, their offensive line was outstanding. Last year, their offensive line was and wasn't all that great, especially when it came to run blocking. The run game was not there for LSU. This year, I think the offensive line should be pretty improved this year. They have too much talent to perform the way that they did last season. You're going to have Max Johnson starting at quarterback. I think Max Johnson is really good. He should be able to come in and get the job done. He was really good last year in a few games that he played, led LSU to that upset against Florida. And LSU has a lot of talented wide receivers. Now, you don't have a lot of experienced wide receivers in that room, but you have a lot of young, talented wide receivers right now. Even though you don't really have a lot of vets, you do have a lot of young, great talent there and great wide receivers come and go out of LSU. LSU pretty much is wide receiver you right now outside of Alabama. So when I look at LSU, okay, you look at UCLA, UCLA's defense is it's really good. It's sneakily good, and I don't think enough people realize how good of a defense UCLA has. As a matter of fact, this was one of the best defenses in the Pac-12 last season. They were really good getting pressure on the quarterback. They got a really good secondary, especially when you look at their safeties. So for LSU, this offense is going to be matched up against a really underrated defense, and this defense did a lot of damage against Hawaii. You may be like, okay, JT, that was Hawaii. This is LSU. At the end of the day, UCLA's defense, at least when it comes to their defense line, their 
secondary is lights out. So this is going to be an LSU wide receiver core that's definitely going to get tested against a pretty solid group. And this off the line definitely is going to get some work up well because everybody, when you think about UCLA and Chip Kelly, everybody talks about the offense. But I think that the defense this year for UCLA may outperform the offense this year. And that's kind of a little bit of a shocker because when you think about Chip Kelly, you think about his offense, you think about the big, fast, big plays that they have downfield, but this defense is really, really good. So when you look at UCLA, I mean, if you can get LSU into a situation where, okay, you get down the third down situations, I think that's going to be really important for UCLA's defense. Are you going to be able to get off the field on third down? If they can do that and they get the ball back to that offense, that could vote well for UCLA. But overall, okay, for LSU, where's the rain game going to be? Because the rain game wasn't really all that great last year. Now, you do have talent at running back. Nobody's denying that, okay? I don't need none of you LSU fans coming on here in the comment section trying to yell at me. I get it. You don't have to scream at me. I know you have talent in that running back. I'm not denying that. All I'm saying is, is the run blocking going to be there, okay? And how improved is the run blocking going to be? We don't really know that. This is going to be a really good test against a really good UCLA defense. Now, overall, can UCLA take advantage of the run defense for LSU? Because I think that's where this game is going to be won and lost. Because I think if UCLA has to win this game just strictly trying to throw the football against LSU, I don't really think Dorian Thompson Robinson is going to be able to get the job done. Not just because I don't really think he's going to be that great of a passer. I'm not saying that because he has improved, but I just don't really know if the wide receivers are really going to be able to create that much separation against a really good cornerback tandem like I mentioned earlier so I don't really know how this pass attack is going to look so if UCLA is going to win this game it's going to be running the football with Zach Charbonnet Brandon Brown controlling town possession that's kind of something that you don't really think of when it comes to UCLA you don't really think of this team as being a methodical machine you really think about a UCLA Chip Kelly offense being snap 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 everything full speed ahead you don't really think about ball control everything is just fast and high tempo pace but I think for UCLA in this game, I definitely think that run game is going to determine if they win this game or not. So for LSU, like I mentioned earlier, this is a offensive line that should be really good this year. But you're also going against a really good pass rush for UCLA that could cause some problems for Max Johnson and company. Overall, the team that I'm going to pick to win this game, I'm taking LSU to win this game. And I do think they cover. I'm taking LSU to win 38 to 27 is my final score prediction in this game. Here's why I'm going to take LSU. LSU is a extremely talented football team and UCLA is pretty good also but I think that if LSU is able to come on come in here and they're prepared and you don't have the mental mistakes last year that you had well, if you don't have those mental mistakes that you had last year, this season, you should be in pretty good shape because I think that there's a lot of games that LSU kind of lost due to the fact that they weren't disciplined and they just weren't prepared. So I look at an LSU team this year that's motivated and a team that should be better prepared with a new coaching staff set in place. One thing about Ed Orgeron that I like, he doesn't hesitate to make changes and he made a lot of changes in the offseason and I think those changes are going to pay off dividends in this game. 
game. So I think this game could kind of be a slugfest early, but I think LSU should be able to pull away. Now, UCLA does have a slight advantage simply for the fact that they played a game last week, so they kind of have their legs under them. Meanwhile, LSU, this is going to be the first game that they played and over the last couple of months outside of playing themselves and practice and whatnot. But I think that LSU should be able to get the victory. Looking forward to seeing who's going to end up winning this game. All right, so the last college football game that I have to preview for week zero of the college football season is going to be Notre Dame taking on Florida State. This game is going to be played this Sunday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time kickoff on ABC. Notre Dame is currently entering this game as a seven-and-a-half point favorite. Now, for FSU, they came out and they released their starting death chart, who the starters are most likely going to be in this game, but we don't know who's going to be the starting quarterback yet. Yet because that was announced. So I'm expecting it to be Mackenzie Millen from what I've seen out of him in the spring game and spring practice. Mackenzie Millen definitely is the best QB, and I think he's going to give this team the best chance to win. So I'm just speculating that Mackenzie Millen is going to end up winning the starting job and that he's going to end up being the starter in this game. Now, if Jordan Travis is the game, is the starter, then I'll touch on that a little bit also. But Mackenzie Millen gives them the best chance to win because Jordan Travis is a really good runner but he's not really that great of a thrower so Jordan Travis I think we will see him in this game despite if he starts or doesn't start because he's going to be a little bit of a factor when it comes to the run game he led the team in rushing yards last season so I do think that they're going to have some formation set for Jordan Travis but with McKenzie Milton at QB okay how is he going to look? Now, in the spring game, he looked really good. Now, we still don't really know how mobile he's going to be. He may not have the dynamic running ability that he had a couple of years ago when he was playing for UCF, but I do think that he still should be able to extend some plays and be able to pick up a couple of yards when need be. He's going to have to be able to do that because this offensive line for FSU still looks incredibly shaky, and if you're an FSU fan, I'm pretty sure that that's one of the biggest concerns that you have going into this game. Now, for Notre Dame, they're off to also is you know in a little bit of a questionable spot because you lost a lot of great players to the NFL you lost Liam Eikenberg Robert Hainsey Aaron Banks Tommy Kramer so they're going to be trotting out a new look offensive line but you know we kind of just give Notre Dame a pass when it comes to the offensive line because Notre Dame is offensive line you they churn out these new offensive linemen year in and year out I don't know where they find these guys at I don't know what they feed these guys but Notre Dame is really good when it comes to developing offensive linemen but when you look at the L the FSU offensive line I definitely have my concerns because the offensive line has been a huge problem ever since Jimbo Fisher's last season as a head coach at FSU to Willie Taggart and even last year now FSU has hit the transfer portal pretty hard so we're going to see if they're going to be able to put something together but overall this is an offensive line in FSU that I don't really have a lot of confidence in now you can probably say the same thing about Notre Dame but let's be honest Honest, we just give Notre Dame the benefit of a doubt that their offensive line is going to be solid because they're really good at developing offensive linemen. Now, 
The FSU defense was god-awful last year. Jesus, it was awful. So what did FSU do to improve it? Well, they hit the transfer portal pretty hard. You got Jermaine Johnson, who should improve your pass rush. You got Jamie Robinson there. So those two guys, let alone, should help improve the defense slightly. FSU's strongest link on the defense probably is going to be linebacker. You have a really solid group of linebackers, and you have good depth there at that position. And you're going to need those linebackers to step up and not only be really good against the run game but also really good against the tight ends because Notre Dame is a team that heavily utilizes all of their tight ends that they currently have sometimes they'll run two tight end sets sometimes they'll run three tight end sets and even if they're running those three tight end sets they may not be throwing the football with them they may have those guys in the block so tight end is a really important position for Notre Dame when it comes to what they're trying to do offensively when you think about Notre Dame this is a team that isn't built on a big play you're going to have Jack Cohen that quarterback there so I don't really think you're getting an upgrade from Ian Book I pretty much think him and Jack Cohen are in the similar situation kind of you know they're above average QBs so when you look at Jack Cohen he's somebody who is going to be smart the football he's not going to turn the football over and that plays right well into what Notre Dame wants to do offensively. Notre Dame wants to control time possession. They want to be methodical and they want to be efficient which means that they want to be good on third down. They want to be able to keep drives alive. So if you're FSU what are you going to have to be able to do to win this game? Well the first thing you're going to have to do if you're a Florida State is you're going to have to be able to win up front and you're going to have to be able to stop running back Kyron Williams who last year led Notre Dame in rushing yards. He had 1,125 rushing yards and 13 touchdowns He's explosive and he's really hard to get down when he gets into the open field. So it's going to be up to those linebackers to see if they can try to find a way to infiltrate that running game. On top of that, FSU has to find a way to get off the field some way, somehow. Rather they get off the field forcing a turnover or if they get off the field trying to get a stop on third down. Now, I probably would say that if they're going to find a way to get off the field, it's probably going to be being able to get a stop on third down because this defense wasn't really all that great at forcing turnovers last year. As a matter of fact, Asante Samuel Jr. was responsible for the majority of turnovers that FSU had last year. So for Florida State, where are the turnovers going to come from? They got to come from somewhere. And on top of that, FSU is going to have to heavily rely on the running game in this game because when you look at these wide receivers I don't think it's a bad group but at the same time I definitely feel like there's a lot of things to be desired with the wide receiving core that FSU currently has you do have some experience there but overall I don't really think the wide receiving core for FSU is nothing to write home about and you can say the same thing about Notre Dame because I know you FSU fans going to be like well JT Notre Dame's wide receivers aren't nothing to write home about neither and I do agree with that but difference between you and Notre Dame is that Notre Dame has has a very good carousel of tight ends. So for Notre Dame, their tight ends are also heavily involved in what they do in the passing game. So for me personally, you look at the addition that Notre Dame had, one of the biggest additions in all of college football this past offseason was bringing in former Cincinnati defensive coordinator Marcus Freeman. He's been really big for Notre Dame on the recruiting trail, and his defenses have been really good. So Notre Dame's defense was one of the best in all of college football last year, and I definitely feel like there's no reason why that shouldn't be the case this year also. This is going to be a really good defense. So when you look at FSU, man, like you really are going to have your hands tied if you're Mike Norvell, okay, because you don't really know how your offense 
off the line situation is going to pan out. You do have McKenzie Milner, so McKenzie Milner is going to be able to make some plays to keep you in the game. But overall, do you have enough talent around him to keep this uh, respective competitive game? Now, this game is going to be at FSU, so you're going to have the home field advantage. You're going to have the FSU crowds at full capacity. It's going to be loud. It's going to be noisy, so that could affect the Notre Dame offense, but overall, I'm still rocking with Notre Dame to win this game. I do think that they will cover that 7.5 spread. I think Notre Dame wins this game, and I think they win pretty convincingly. I think they're going to win this game 38 to 17 is going to be my final score prediction in this game. The way I see this game going is similar to how that Clemson-Miami game went last year. Remember, Miami had a really dynamic quarterback in De'Ara King, but despite having that dynamic QB in De'Ara King, their overall team just wasn't that talented enough. Clemson was way better up front, and Miami's offensive line couldn't stop Clemson's defensive line from getting back in the backfield. And I think we're going to see a similar situation play out in this game for F. As you, I know they've hit the transfer portal really hard, but at the end of the day, man, like this offensive line is still a work in progress. It's a lot to be desired. I think Notre Dame is going to be able to win the battle up front on both sides of the football, and I think Notre Dame is going to be able to play this game the way they want to play it by controlling time possession, ball control offense, being effective on third down. I don't really trust the secondary for FSU. It's really shaky right now. So for FSU, man, this is still a team that is a work in progress, so I'm going to take Notre Dame to win this game and I think Notre Dame is going to win big and they're going to win this game pretty convincingly so this is it for this episode of the JT Sports Podcast let me know what you guys think about this if you're watching this on YouTube or if you're listening to this on the JT Sports Podcast make sure that you go ahead and leave a five star review down below if you enjoyed this episode make sure that you share the podcast on your social media pages with your friends family and acquaintances and I will see you guys with another episode of the JT Sports Podcast <laughs>